Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, everyone. I appreciate uh, everyone's participation. We have a winter storm update. We have a number of representatives from county government that you'll also hear from today, including our Deputy County Executive, Lisa Shimera, our Commissioner of the Department of Public Works, William Gary. He's also joined by the Deputy Commissioner responsible for the Division of Highways, Karen Hoke. We're also joined by our Commissioner Emeritus, uh, the Dean of the Department of Public Works, Charlie Sickler, so you know that this is a real humdinger of a storm and a doozy when Charlie comes out of retirement to offer his advice. Uh, we are also joined, of course, by our Commissioner of the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Services, uh, Dan Neverth, as well as the Deputy Commissioner, Greg Butcher, and our uh, Health Commissioner, Dr. Gail Burstein, uh, on what is it was reported recently yesterday by the uh, Weather Service that this uh, could be a once-in-a-generational storm, and we've seen some serious storms in the last few years. So this is going to be a doozy. also want to thank Kendra Schmidt for being here and providing the Deaf Access Service, or providing the American la uh, Sign Language from Deaf Access Services to those who may have a, a hearing disability. Uh, once again, I think we all know a blizzard warning is in effect for Erie. Niagara and Orleans and Genesee County uh, with the vast majority of this storm coming effective tomorrow. Uh, today is going to be actually a fairly nice day with some winds later this afternoon, uh, but this of course is going to change dramatically tomorrow. Now some people wonder what actually is a blizzard? Uh, there is a specific definition associated with a blizzard. It is falling or blowing snow. You actually do not have to have snow falling for a blizzard to occur, uh, but you have to have sustained a frequent gust of 35 miles per hour or greater with visibility under a quarter mile for a sustained period of three consecutive hours or more. Uh, so this is very, very difficult situation. We have seen blizzards in our region before, dating back to the blizzard of 77, the blizzard of 85, and then the blizzards we actually faced in 2013. And conditions can deteriorate rapidly seriously when you could be driving and thinking it's not so bad and then find yourself in a situation where you cannot see past your front windshield you can't even see the front of the hood of your vehicle if you saw some of the video that came out yesterday or this morning I should say from uh, the state troopers in Kansas Nebraska and the Great Plains areas where they were saying this is no place for anyone to be out unless you got special skills like Santa Claus uh, because you just, they couldn't see where they were going. And if the troopers can't see where they're going, our Department of Public Works staff can't see where they're going, no one else should be on the roads. 
So this is a, a blizzard warning, which is the most serious of winter storms. Uh, and this blizzard also has some other things associated with it, which is going to make it a potentially deadly storm. And that's why we are making certain recommendations on whether people should be out on the roads at all. <clears throat> uh, once again, we've I've only seen twice now <laughs> and during my tenure as county executive where the National Weather Service has listed this as an extreme impact. The most recent time, of course, was the storm that hit about four weeks ago. Uh, even in 2000. And uh, 13, the November storm, or excuse me, 14, uh, that storm, they never did list it as an extreme impact, but they are saying that there'll be extreme impacts of damaging winds uh, in, in, in the northern part of uh, New York State, but also heavy snow and damaging winds here in western New York. So uh, this is something that shouldn't be trifled with. This is a, a serious, serious storm in which we're going to see a lot of snow in a short period of time. We're going to see extreme winds, which are going to create blizzard conditions, blinding whiteout conditions, and then we're going to have some very, very low wind chills, which are, could be life-threatening. Uh, the timing, of course, the timing is uh, for damaging winds to start really tomorrow morning and the, the heavy cold to start tomorrow morning with the coming into our region around 7 a.m., uh, so tonight is kind of the freebie. Today's the opportunity to go out there and, and get the necessities that you need uh, to prepare for what could be a significant multi-day storm, but more importantly also the possibility of power outages. So you need to make certain you have everything ready at your home, and today is the day to do it. We do expect the winds to increase later tonight, uh, but the real significant winds should be coming into our region starting around 7 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, heavy snow. Uh, the blizzard warning, of course, is in effect. The heavy snow is started to, expected to come in with the front after it moves in after 7 a.m. tomorrow. There will be a rapid temperature drop, creating a flash freeze. So we're going to be in the 40s for today and tomorrow with rain, and then in, in a very short period of time, it's going to drop into the teens, and that's going to create a flash freeze, uh, which means that uh, we're concerned not only about road conditions and we'll be pre-salting the roads, but the impact that this could have on trees and power lines because trees could easily go from being wet to being covered with ice in a short period of time. And when that happens, often you get tree limbs that could come down, and with that, power lines that come down. Uh, the winds will also dramatically increase, as we'll talk about. Travel could be difficult to impossible, according to the Weather Service, and that's why we are recommending no travel starting tomorrow. Uh, the winter storm totals from 7 a.m. Friday through, 7, uh, through Sunday night, a uh, possibility of three feet in the Buffalo metro region. All of Erie County will see a significant snowfall, and the blizzard conditions will result in whiteouts. Uh, this is the data that we received from the Weather Service earlier this morning. Uh, so they did increase the storm totals. They're originally saying it would probably be about two feet of snow. Now they're saying it could be up to three feet of snow for our region. Uh, and it's pretty much the same area that got hit not too long ago. But all of Erie County and uh, major portions of Niagara County, Genesee, and Orleans, even Chautauqua and Cataraugus are going to see a significant snowfall. Uh, and with it, the winds that will be creating blizzard conditions. Uh, once again, talking about the winds, uh, widespread strong damaging winds are expected. Uh, wind gusts as high as 70 miles per hour, especially along the lakeshore. We are expecting lakeshore flooding. Uh, I've already made a request to New York State to have NIPA uh, increase the amount of water that is in taken through the power authority uh, intake uh, system in Niagara Falls so that we can reduce the amount of water that's actually in the Niagara River. 
Uh, so that request has been made. I talked to Jackie Bray, the Commissioner of Homeland Security and Emergency Services for New York State not too long ago, and put in the request, and they were she was going to talk to NIPA about doing that. We want to reduce the amount of water that's in the Niagara River. We're not going to be able to affect, of course, Lake Erie, but we can reduce the amount of water that's in the Niagara River, which hopefully will reduce flooding that often occurs in these situations uh, in Tonawanda and Grand Island and Niagara Falls. Uh, so hopefully NIPA will... Uh, take as much water as possible out of the river by putting it into the, uh, the power authority intake valves. And then, of course, uh, action's already been taken uh, with regards to the Hoover Beach area of the town of uh, Hamburg. There's an expectation because of the strong winds that there are going to be significant waves, maybe even 20-foot waves on Lake Erie in that area, which will cause potential damage to homes, flooding, uh, Route 5. Uh, of course, that area by St. Francis High School and Athol Springs had all that work that was done in the last few years by the Army Corps of Engineers to support it, to prevent the splashing over that we often saw on Route 5. Well, we might see it again because of the significant wave action. If we do see 15 to 20-foot waves, I'm not so certain that that, uh, that protection system that was put in by the Army Corps of Engineers will stop the flooding in that area. So we are concerned about areas on the waterfront, the village of Angola, the areas that we've seen in the past where there's been flooding uh, down in the town of Evans. So we are uh, working, I'll have the uh, Commissioner of Emergency Service, uh, Services talk a little bit more about that uh, in, a, in a moment. But uh, this is a doozy, it's a mother of all storms uh, because we are also expecting power outages as a result of this. You should be prepared for a power outage now. You do not want to be running around your house trying to figure out, do I have batteries, do I have candles? What do I have that at the ready to handle a power outage? We are expecting power outages. We are hoping there are none, but it's one of you, 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 you plan for the worst, hope for the best, and that's exactly where we are today. So uh, as, as a result, we should also, if you have power outages and you have a portable generator, never use a generator inside, always use it outside, uh, about 20 feet or greater from the house with the exhaust pointing away from the house. When there are deaths in these situations, it's often because people are putting generators in a garage, in their house, never use it indoors, never use it in your garage. If you have a portable generator and you lose your power, make certain it's far enough away from the house, 20 feet at least, so that you do not have to worry about the carbon monoxide that often can result. And uh, then the wind chills, <laughs> we are worried about the wind chills. The minimum wind chills, these aren't the maximum, these are the minimum wind chills starting tomorrow, will range from minus 11 below in Buffalo to minus 22 in Springville in the southern part of Erie County in the highest portion of the county. So uh, this is life-threatening if you're out there for a duration. If you're going about, say I want to go to Grandma's house, uh, and you get stuck in a snowbank during the middle of a blizzard, it's going to be very difficult for us to send uh, help out because it's going to be tough for our, in putting at risk our first responders. So the best thing you can do is stay inside because if you get stuck in a snowbank and the windshields are minus 20, uh, that is the time in which you can get frostbite, you can get hypothermia, and you could die. Uh, we uh, want to remind everybody that frostbite and hypothermia do occur in this situation. We've seen it before with individuals who unfortunately then end up reporting to the hospital thinking, oh, my face was just tingling, nothing too bad, my fingers were tingling, and the next thing you know, they're turning gray, and they're having all kinds of other problems and issues that they're dealing with. So you got to be aware of the risks of frostbite, how to spot frostbite. We have it on the slide here, what to look for. Redness or pain in any skin area, maybe first sign of frostbite. Uh, white or grayish, yellow, 
skin area, the skin that feels unusually warm, numbness, uh, that, that's a sign of frostbite. And if you're out in these conditions, this could result. One of the things we don't want, and truly don't want to have to deal with, is having to send emergency responders, police and fire, out to rescue individuals who should not have gone out because of the conditions. It just puts everyone at risk. I'll turn it over to Dr. Burstein to talk a little bit more about some of the risks that they should think about in this time. Thank you. So uh, as the county executive mentioned that uh, cold-related illness can be very, very dangerous. Unfortunately, in the last month's storm, we lost three people to storm-related health events. Let's not do it again. Let's be smart. So as the county executive mentioned, it's not smart. It's stupid to go outside in these conditions. We know that hypothermia in these extreme cold conditions can develop very, very quickly. Hypothermia is, happens when your body loses heat at a faster rate that it can generate heat. And your body temperature drops and get cold below 95 degrees is not sustainable with life. So that can happen to you, so don't think it can't. So you have to be very smart, so stay indoors. If you have to go outside for a short period of time, make sure that you dress appropriately. Make sure that you have a nice uh, uh, hat to protect your head and your ears. Make sure that uh, you cover your face. So now's the time to uh, retool those old COVID masks that you used to wear, and you can use those to cover for your face to protect against exposure. You want to make sure that you use a very warm, uh, water-resistant jacket, water-resistant boots, water-resistant gloves, and make sure there is no exposed skin. And just stay out for a short period of time. There's probably going to be driving bans because the weather is so bad, so there is no reason why you have to go outside and shovel your driveway. It is okay for snow to be on your driveway, especially if there is a travel ban. Please don't risk it. Your heart cannot stand the stress, especially when it's, it's your blood vessels are constricted by the extreme cold. Don't, don't be stupid. So if people do develop hypothermia, signs that you can look for is, uh, first of all, shivering. Respect shivering. That means your body is telling you you are too cold. You have to get someone warm. So go inside as soon as you can. If people stay outside after they're shivering, they can develop hypothermia. The first signs are kind of confusion. People act like they're intoxicated, like they're drunk. They're confused. Um, they might be slurring their words. Um, they might get very uh, uh, very fatigued, um, delusional, um, that is shows that it's a medical emergency. So the person has to be brought inside ASAP. Call 911, but again, in these driving conditions, it might take a while for an ambulance to get there. So what you can do to save a person's life is make sure you remove all their wet clothes, make sure they're only wearing dry clothes, wrap them up in dry blankets, make sure they're in a very warm place. If they have areas of the skin where you think might be uh, uh, have frostbite um, what you can do is uh, soak them in lukewarm water it cannot be hot water do not put any water bottles on their skin do not rub their hands because they're numb you know because these are it's going to cause extreme damage to the skin so just be smart just prevent all this just stay indoors it's a lot of fun things to do indoors and I'm gonna uh, turn this over back to the county executive Thank you, Dr. B. Uh, 
We, of course, are going to be pre-treating the roads. Our Department of Public Works will be out, and as they always are, we have 1,200 centerline miles of roads. I'm going to turn it over to our Commissioner of Public Works, William Geary, and the Deputy Commissioner, Karen Hoke, will talk a little bit more about what we're doing. But we'll have a full complement of staff. We're positioning equipment across the county. And just to remind everybody, we have five maintenance districts in which we are responsible for 1,200 centerline miles of roads. We also rely on towns and some of the, the, the villages to actually assist us in plowing. We don't plow every road that we actually own and control. We rely on our partners to do that. And of course, we don't plow in the city of Buffalo because we don't have a responsibility with that. If the city should ask for assistance, we will try to help them out. Uh, but our first responsibility is in the colored areas that you see on the map. Uh, which includes the five major highway districts for the county. So, Commissioner, Deputy Commissioner, anything you'd like to add with regards to what we'll be dealing with? Thank you. Yeah, uh, like the county executive said, the crews are, they've been out all week. We've been on shifts uh, since the first week of December. This event's going to be a little bit different for us. Obviously, uh, we've, we've shown that we can respond to snow, whether it's 80 inches in 24 hour period or not. This year with the wind, uh, the expectation should be that you may not see a plow truck for 24 hours. I know blizzard conditions are three to four hours. However, in what we're seeing with the winds in this case and visibility in the in the bands within uh, the heavy lake bands, there could be zero visibility. And uh, unfortunately, our trucks are not immune. The drivers can't get through that. They don't have augmented reality to get through uh, zero visibility. So they will be coming off the roads at that point. We've also coordinated with our partners in New York State DOT, as well as municipalities, and likewise, uh, it's gonna be the same response, conditioned response. Uh, we will be out there as soon as we can. Uh, we may have to get out there a little differently this time because of down power lines or trees. So not only do we have the snow and ice to worry about, but we also have the same men and women going out cleaning up the trees and debris that may come with uh, the heavy ice or the high winds that were expected. Um, we'll be giving updates on all our social media, uh, if you have stuff, please, we, we watch and monitor social media. Sometimes we get better real-time information off of that than any of our radar. But uh, we'll be in constant communication and be putting out alerts as they come in. Thank you, Commissioner. If we have to take our plow trucks off the road because it's too dangerous for them to drive, and they're in these giant rigs that are multi-tons, it certainly is too dangerous for anybody to be out there in their regular vehicle. And I don't care if you got four-wheel drive, we often see when you're driving along, especially the 400 or 219, you'll see the trucks in the ditches along the side of the road going too fast in these conditions. And they're like, I have four-wheel drive. Well, four-wheel drive will get you nothing when you can't see where you're going. You might be dealing with black ice and bad conditions. So if we have to remove our trucks from the road during the storm, it's too dangerous for our Department of Public Works rigs to be out there. It's too dangerous for you to be out there. Uh, the Emergency Operations Center will open tomorrow at 7 a.m. Uh, we will be at a level two activation. We'll be going to three shifts. So because of the holidays approaching, we'll have three eight-hour shifts daily, daily. A state of emergency will be going into effect for all of Erie County as of 7 a.m. tomorrow. And all the operations will be run out of the operations center, including our future press briefings. Uh, I'll turn it over to our commissioner of the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Services, Dan Neverth, to talk a little bit more about uh, what we're expecting at the operations center. And uh, just a reminder, 
when we have these situations like this, we have emergency personnel that are trained to react responding. This is not the time for you to go out joyriding when we're talking about blizzard conditions where you can't see where you are. Uh, and, and we are actually preparing and telling the people that are going on the first shift, you better bring extra clothes. You better bring, you better, because you might be there alone for the first day. While we're going to go on eight-hour shifts, uh, 7 to 3, 3 to 11, 11 to 7, it's possible we're not going to be able to get uh, a replacement shift for our first group of individuals who will be ma uh, manning the operations center starting at 7 o'clock in the morning. So everybody who will be going in the morning is going to be prepared with an extra pair of clothes, uh, and we have cots at the ready if need be at the operations center because uh, we are not going to put people in life-threatening situation to send them home or try to get replacements. If we have to, we'll keep people there overnight. Dan? As the uh, county executive, uh, Dr. Burstein, as well as Bill Geary have indicated, uh, there's been a lot of planning that's been going on, and oftentimes we get questioned with regards to, um, you know, what are you doing now? Well, this actually goes back six months, eight months, ten months, so we prepare for this. Um, unfortunately, uh, this time we're going to be hit with a, with a lot of uh, different curveballs here. In addition to the snow, we're going to have the winds. We're, we know we're going to have power outages. So our preparation that takes place here is the communication and that collaborative effort with all of our partners out there, whether they happen to be the municipals or they happen to also be the utilities that we have to deal with on a regular basis to plan for this type of thing here. It is worth pointing out that if you can't see where you're driving, there are not going to be plows out there. But additionally, uh, the number one responsibility of the utilities is to render lines safe. So you may lose your power, you may see the utilities out there and then wonder where they're going. Their number one responsibility is to make sure that those lines are no longer live. And they, they might be live for an extended period, unfortunately, if it's 70 mile an hour winds and they can't see to where they're going or they can't get out to those areas. So everybody should keep that in mind. But what we're trying to do is connect the dots at the Emergency Operations Center. We don't bring in all types of equipment there but we bring in the subject matter experts that can help us get through this. So the only thing I wanted to add is this is the holiday season. And I know everybody out there today is wondering whether or not they can get out there to get, uh, you know, the heavy cream so they can make the whipped cream for their Christmas dinner or those type of things. Now's the time for the resurgence of common sense. Now's the time, hopefully, that everybody focuses on what the true spirit of the holiday season is. And that next year at this time when we're standing here or you're gathering with your families, you're not just a distant memory. You're not a, a, a statistic from what we know is coming. So let's have a resurgence of common sense. Let's take a look at that. If you have to get out today and battle the lines at the shopping plaza, so be it. But I think everybody should be prepared, be prepared tomorrow morning, starting early tomorrow morning, to just hunker down and just ride this thing out as we know we can do in western New York. So we'll hope for the best. Uh, we'll communicate as much as we possibly can. We've got people standing by, and we will have them at the Emergency Operations Center to hopefully work with all of our partners to get through this so that we can have a safe Christmas. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, tomorrow, Erie County offices will be closed. We'll be going into an emergency protocol, work from home for uh, the vast majority of county employees. Uh, we uh, are not going to put our employees at risk. They have to come in when it may be okay in the morning, but then have horrible conditions when they're trying to leave later. So Erie County offices will be closed tomorrow. Uh, only essential workers should report. 
and those are the individuals that are necessary for life and safety to ensure our buildings uh, continue, uh, our sewage treatment facilities, things like that, and, and the individuals will be reporting to the Emergency Operations Center or the Department of Public Works locations, uh, Sheriff's Office, of course. Uh, if you don't know your employee status, you are non-essential. Uh, we've had to, we've had that deal with that in the past where employees are like, I don't know if I'm essential. Well, if you're not, if you don't know you're essential, you're not essential. So work from home tomorrow using the protocol. Uh, recommendation for private businesses for Friday. The current forecast holds in order to keep vehicles off the streets to allow plows to clean the streets and to protect the public from life-threatening conditions. We highly recommend private businesses to close on Friday and Saturday. We know we have a holiday coming up with Christmas Eve on Saturday, Christmas on Sunday. Uh, tomorrow is often a very busy day, especially with regards to preparation and going to retail establishments. But the conditions are such that it is looking very bad. And we highly recommend that private businesses be closed tomorrow. Uh, I know there's going to be a question, are we instituting a driving ban? We have not instituted a driving ban at this time. We're going to wait until conditions warrant. Uh, but if they do get that bad, when we get the reports from the field, uh, then if I have to, I will implement a driving ban. I'm not really thrilled about thinking about doing that for Christmas Eve. I'm hoping that this passes through so Christmas Day will be a much better day. Uh, I can say, for the record, there will not be a flying ban. Santa Claus will be allowed, of course, to fly in on Christmas Eve. Uh, he's got special powers. I think Rudolph is going to really have to put that nose up at the highest degree. This is very similar to the Christmas storm that we all know from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Because I don't think Santa would be able to get around without Rudolph at the, at the lead. Though, as our uh, Commissioner of Public Works and uh, Air Force man, uh, Bill Gary said, Rudolph might need a wingman for this one. Because <laughs> this is going to be one heck of a storm. Uh, so, recommendation for private businesses for Friday, if you can, close. Don't put your employees at risk. If we have to implement a driving ban, we will. I really don't want to have to do it, especially for Christmas Eve, uh, but we know the conditions are going to be very bad. Uh, I've heard that some churches are going already to virtual for midnight mass and potentially Christmas Day uh, services. Uh, so check with your, your, your church to see what their plans are. Uh, I, I hope the same thing also with our, to our friends' uh, synagogue and temple with regards to Hanukkah. We have the last day of Hanukkah coming up. So please check with your local uh, religious institution to determine what they are doing uh, during these situations because I know none of them want to put their parishioners, their members of congregation at risk traveling to a service when it could be life-threatening. Uh, schools are, most of them are already announcing they're closed for tomorrow, and then of course they'll be closed for the Christmas holiday. Uh, check with your local school district for latest information on the status of the classes tomorrow. Our Deputy County Executive has been in touch with a number of the uh, school districts and representatives, uh, and I, I think they, once they saw the blizzard warnings come out, uh, and we've all been talking to them over the last 24 hours, they realize it's much better to announce closures sooner rather than later so parents can be properly uh, prepared for it. Uh, I certainly hope that we all have a very wonderful, safe Christmas. Uh, and, and those that are celebrating Hanukkah, the end of Hanukkah, I hope you also have a very wonderful and safe celebration. But safe means smart. It means not going out in the worst conditions. Uh, when the National Weather Service says this is an extreme event and a once in a generation, and we've seen some doozies of storms in the last 10 years, that should scare everyone that this is going to be ground zero for this bomb that is uh, hitting the uh, upper plains and the Great Lakes. 
Uh, I don't have the uh, video here, but the animation that was prepared by the National Weather Service that showed the low pressure front basically just above us in the Niagara Peninsula and the back side of the low pressure front because it runs in a counterclockwise manner basically coming right through our region. So we're going to be ground zero for this storm uh, and it's it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be one that we're probably going to be talking about 20 years from now. Uh, let's hopeful uh, that it's a it's not as bad as the predictions are. Let's hope that we don't have as many power outages as could when what we're expecting and planning for. Uh, now is the time to ensure that you have everything that you need for Friday, Saturday through Sunday too. Because if there's power outages, this could be a multiple day event that also goes through Christmas. So now is the time to ensure you have your batteries your candles, your food, your medicine, making certain you have enough prescriptions to get through this next few days. Uh, pet food, cat food, dog food, make sure you get it now because you don't want to run out tomorrow and then realize poor Rover is uh, not going to be able to get fed. So now's the time to go get that. Uh, don't wait until tomorrow. And uh, hopefully we'll all get through this by being smart. That's the most important thing, being smart. And with that, I'll open up to any questions. The Hoover Beach evacuations, they go into effect tonight. Can you foresee, would you like to see evacuations happen in any other places along the shoreline? Uh, well, Hoover Beach is definitely going to be necessary. I'll turn it over to our commissioner, uh, talk a little bit more, because I know there's also worry about what may happen uh, further down in the Evans area, where we've seen uh, flooding in the past. You know, I'm going to let Deputy Commissioner Butcher talk a little bit about the Grand Island area because he's a resident there and has a little bit more familiarity. So if you want to talk about that. Um, but, but yeah. Commissioner, our, Deputy Commissioner. Our, 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 our concerns are always with the, the amount of water that's going to be pushed to this end of the lake. Uh, there's been concerns in the past and actually incidents in the past down at the arena. That, that problem has been more or less solved by the fact there's not going to be a hockey game tomorrow. Um, but what happens is the, the river actually gets pushed in the wrong direction and it starts to back up. And so there are some concerns there down along the Evans area, obviously where the, the, uh, the water authority is. We need to keep an eye on that. Um, but I think probably a little bit more of a concern is the area down, right down here along the waterfront as well as uh, the area immediate uh, to the, the Grand Island and even the uh, Niagara County on the Niagara Falls side of things because the, the volume of water that's being pushed all the way from Sandusky, Ohio, down to this area by these high winds and sustained winds. But, Greg, if you just wanted to talk about maybe some of the issues you sure. have on Grand Island. So as you heard everyone mention earlier, this uh, could reach historic levels, especially with the surge coming off of the lake based on the extended period of time of greater than 48 hours with these increased winds coming across the lake. It's almost considered a bathtub effect. So not only is it going to hit the Hamburg shoreline, which we've been preparing for, but as the commissioner just mentioned, we have Evans Angola as a concern. The city of Buffalo in particular, not only downtown, but the South Buffalo area where we have flooding. We're working with our partners in the city of Buffalo, uh, prepping for that to happen, as well as uh, Grand Island and the city of Tonawanda. There are some low-lying areas in particular that have water issues in general. And uh, with this surge and the uh, benefit of asking the governor's office to have NIPA increase their intake flow to help hopefully lower the river, we're hoping to stave off any of these major flood areas. We obviously can only uh, affect certain ones. 
and uh, we're hoping that we'll be able to do that. But there are communities along Grand Island, City of Tonawanda, as well as uh, the uh, downtown area, the City of Buffalo and South Buffalo that are uh, more recent concerns that we can probably have some impact on. So we're hoping to make those uh, efforts made with our partners at the local level and uh, continue to help the people in uh, Evans, Angola, and uh, Hamburg with the surge that they're going to expect. So not planning on doing any evacuations beforehand, just waiting to see how the conditions play out and then... So, so Jeff, I, I would say much the same as in the Hamburg area. That's the locality's responsibility. Hamburg is on top of that. We are in discussions with the other municipalities. Should they need assistance from us, we will help them with that. We'll also shoot things up to the state if we need additional, but uh, those things tend to be, all disasters are local. So they need to make initially that decision and then a request for additional assistance. So we're keeping an eye on it. We're keeping them in the loop. We actually have a conference call with all of the emergency managers coming up later this afternoon just to make sure everybody's on the same page and then we'll go we'll go from there but uh, you know I think people lose track of the fact that all disasters start local um, it's just a matter of having the connectivity that we have with all of these agencies and all these emergency managers that gets things resolved as quickly as possible on the pre-salting with the rain and then the flash freeze how does that affect salting of the roads pre-salting of the roads and when does all that I've got enough on my plate, so I'm going to turn that over to the person who actually does the salting of the roads. You don't want more? <laughs> no. That's a great question, Jeff. Uh, so we, we'll be out, actually, you'll probably even before sundown tonight start seeing, uh, as soon as the, the trucks, uh, we get some precipitation moving in, watching the weather, uh, they'll be out putting the salt down. What that does is it makes almost a brine solution. If the, the salt breaks down, we get a salt water um, uh, solution there, and we know that lowers the freezing point. So. It's going to help us out tomorrow. Uh, a lot of the snowpack that's already on the ground probably will be diminished by tomorrow morning with the rain that's forecasted in the higher temps. So the crews through the night tonight, um, they're going to have their hands full with getting a lot of the salt out and probably increase those application rates. So some that we would normally maybe um, use 200 pounds per uh, lane mile, we might be cranking that up to 250 to 300 pounds per lane mile just to anticipate because of the flash freeze in the morning. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, too, not just the public works, but a lot of all the public servants that are going to be working through the holiday, um, it's, it's, you know, hats off to them. Uh, they're going to, their families probably might be the first time they missed a holiday, but um, they'll be out there and at the ready for anything that comes our way. Are there approaches being taken for this storm that are different than the last weather the question was, are there approaches being taken for this storm that are different from the last weather event? Every storm is different. Uh, you have to look to see where the expected snow is falling. Uh, thankfully, they're not predicting seven feet of snow for the snowstorm, but they're predicting three feet or up to three feet with a significant portion of Erie County receiving 18 inches or more. Uh, and you have to also remember, with the winds, it's going to be blinding. There's going to be a lot of drifting. So three feet of snow could actually be seven or eight feet of snow drifted on somebody's house. Uh, because of the, the winds. Every storm is different. You learn from the past. It's very important to note is that you, you, you take the lessons of the past so that you can respond better in the future. It's one of the reasons why I think we were able to respond as well as we did just a few weeks ago and have the community open as quickly as we did because we learned from the past, especially the storm that happened in 2014, on what worked and what didn't. And so we are also going to have our third-party contractors at the ready 
so it's not just going to be our Department of Public Works plows. Our contractors will be at the ready if need be to help clear out snow. Uh, and if it gets to a certain height, especially drifting, if it drifts over roads and you got three to four feet of snow on a road, you really can't push that with a plow. You've got to get in there with a high lift. So you learn from the past. Uh, this one is could be all of them between because we're also talking about significant power outages. We've had power outages with ice storms in the past and snowstorms. You learn from how the response time goes. I think the commissioner said it best. If the power goes out and the conditions are such that we can't put our plows on the roads, National Grid and NYSEG are not necessarily going to send their crews out because they don't want to put them in a dangerous situation, which means you might have power out for an extended period. And that's why we advise and warn now. Be prepared now. It's too late on Saturday. If your power goes out at 3 a.m. on Saturday, you, they may not be able to get there for the whole day to restore power. So be prepared now with everything you need so that if the worst case scenario does happen, you're not scrambling at that moment. So we just learned from all of the past storms and, and, and hopefully uh, we can put what we learn into, into place so that we can respond and be through the storm quicker. But we're at the mercy of Mother Nature. This is a two-day storm, it's looking like, tomorrow and Saturday at least. And uh, we are at her mercy. And uh, we can only respond. You can't proactively stop a storm from occurring. You can proactively prepare for it. But we are at the mercy of Mother Nature, and it looks like she's going to send us a storm we will not forget. All right, everyone. Uh, we will not hold another press briefing today. We will tomorrow at our Emergency Operations Center. We're planning on having two press briefings, uh, and more information will be released tomorrow morning to media so that they can adequately prepare. Most importantly, be safe, everyone. Please take this seriously. I hope you have a great holiday, but it may be a different holiday than you originally planned because you might be stuck indoors, not going to grandma's house, not going to church or synagogue, but be smart. Because as the commissioner noted, we want you to be able to celebrate future holidays. We don't want this to be your last holiday. Thanks, everyone. Be safe and well. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 